Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick G'day. word about my name public radio, Thorpe. particularly you 3CR. Are listening to 3CR. The thing Community about public radio, radio is that it's more open on... than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. To ride a bicycle properly is very much like a love affair. Chiefly, it is a matter of faith. Believe you can do it, and the thing is done. Doubt, and for the life of you, you cannot. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. Kick that bass in. You're listening to 3CR Radical Radio here in Melbourne, 855 on the AM dial, podcasting, streaming, or listening on the transistor in the kitchen. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! on that update from the USA. Welcome back, Faith, after the long break. Good to be here, Val. And we've got a big show coming up like we always have Every bit of 28 minutes, just full of bicycles and chatting. I couldn't believe there's so many things to talk about with bicycles, but there are. And to lead it off, we always like to kick off with that little signature that tunes us into the real world. Usually, probably that ride to the radio station sometimes. For me this morning, my little bicycle moment seems we've, we've focused on trees the last couple of times, haven't we? We've been a bit botanical. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, that, it's the time of the year that you go through uh, all those gorgeous blossoms coming out and then, you know, move on to what, loving the shade or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, the blossoms come at certain times. We kick off with the wattle, wander through the jacarandas, and silky I'll, oak. Silky oaks, there we go. Don't touch that cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered actually they make good guitars actually out of silky ah. oak tree as well for its hardness and um, longevity. There is, there's a, there are, I've got a few around my area which are quite small, but here in Fitzroy Garden there's got to be the biggest Persian lilac tree 
I've ever seen. It's got to be 50 feet tall. Wow. Now, if you don't know them, they're a shade of purple, lighter, a little fair, a couple of shades lighter than a jacaranda, and they have the most wonderful perfume of honey. If you get up close to them, it just smells like opening up that little barn, or let's say that, that little honey jar in the kitchen. This tree in the uh, Fitzroy Gardens, uh, like I said, it's about 45, 50 feet tall, and it'll be 20 feet wide. It is completely covered in blossom. Wow. And three bees worth of, three hives worth of bees <laughs> busily, busily going at it. It's interesting, the flowering red gums are on the wane a little bit at the moment. Yeah. And, but this Persian lilac is just wonderful. And the flowering red gums, they, they did well this year. I was thinking maybe because it wasn't so hot. Like, you know how everything ends up looking a bit washed out? And, yep. Yeah. Whereas they were still looking very nice last week. And interesting. Lots of rain. Lots of rain. I've got to tell you three. They're interesting to see the different shades of red. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, the Yarrabug Botanical Show. <laughs> We've moved on. <laughs> well, part of riding a bike is that you see what you're you, riding you, past. You <laughs> notice <laughs> these things, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and enjoy them. <laughs> All the senses. All the senses. What about you? My bike moment. Okay. Well, I guess my I've had a couple in the last week or two. Um, but, uh, the most memorable was probably, I had a a hip replacement, um, two weeks ago and about four days after that, I, I'd borrowed a friend's step through bike and put it on my trainer. So about four days after that, I, um, decided to try and get on the bike and have a spin and see what that felt like. So two big photo albums to stand on because yep. even with the step through, it was a bit high for that leg. Um, but, yeah, once you're on and your leg's moving, it's oh, it feels so nice, so soothing. Um, the physio at the hospital is explaining about lubricants to me, proteins your body makes that lubricate your joints. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was imagining all the lubricants speeding around. <laughs> but uh, it was it was nice to have feel that motion again. Yeah. I'd hate to get technical about bikes, but uh, titanium or Reynolds 531? <laughs> it's definitely titanium. <laughs> and ceramic, only the best. There we go. <laughs> now... Um, We'll slide into a bit of news, I would think. Bit of news. Bit of news. What's happening around the bicycle world? Look, I just we've had a I've, well, I've had um, a week and a half, nearly two weeks of Bridge Road being closed. Not that it's a great bicycle um, superhighway, Bridge Road. I think most people avoid it and use Hyatt Street. Although it is a big funnel from over the the river. So a lot of cyclists either come through that way and then dodge in the Gibbs Street a a bit left. The interesting thing, why I'm bringing it up, is, of course, mostly when they're doing these new roads, part of it is to stop cars from getting on the tram tracks. So they've put up a barrier in in a lot of parts of the road. Obviously, if people have got to turn off Bridge Road to the right, um, there are gaps in it. But they've put this, um, it's a basalt barrier, it's only about, uh, I'm going to say, about 300, 350, 400 mils tall, and it's exactly the same colour as the road. 
So if you are riding a bike along there, just be very careful. This is really hard to see. Um, I've had a, seen a couple of cars not even see it and try and do right-hand turns, which is really... Yep. Um, it's a little bit funny, actually, to put something like that up. It's really like a trip hazard in some ways. But mm. uh might be just early days and they might do something about it. But um, if you're riding down there, just be a little bit careful. It Don't get swayed by you've got beautiful new hot uh, mix road. <laughs> There's not a bubble in it. But if you turn the wrong way, you're going to come crashing yeah. down. Mm. Well, the other in other things in news is... Um a couple of people seem to have spent summer writing reports. Victoria Walks released a position paper on lower speed limits uh, last week, <laughs> which um, clearly is focused around um, why lower speed limits are of benefit to pedestrians. But in general, what's good for pedestrians is good for cyclists. And I think, um, you know, I live in an area where most of the residential streets in the blocks around us have been 40 kilometres for quite a while and there is also discussion about making some 30. Um, But it's incredibly hard for local councils to change speed limits within their area, even on council roads. roads. It's very difficult in Victoria and so Victoria Walks uh, are discussing that there needs to be the sort of changes that in activity centres around schools and residential areas, local councils should be able to uh, change speed limits without it. Um, You know, it it takes, I know, a ridiculous amount of time and a lot of work by council officers to get uh, a request through Vic Roads. So I'll put a link up to that uh, with the podcast. It's uh, worth looking at. Obviously discusses the benefits of lower speed limits. At 30 kilometres per hour, people are much less likely to uh, die or have serious injuries if they are involved in a crash with a car. That goes for pedestrians and cyclists and also for car occupants. So, you know, it's uh, especially around schools and activity centres. It um, makes good sense. There's another report was released last week from Infrastructure Victoria called Transporting Melbourne's Recovery, and that's about how we're going to move People around uh, post-2020. Yep. And that uh, includes a couple of uh, points where they discuss where bicycles could fit into that. Um, there's a discussion around giving people financial incentives to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I find this in- discussion interesting because, you know, it's – Yes, it's a good idea, but I find it a bit limiting. Like the discussion is always around financial incentives for people to ride to work and it talks about how you need end-of-trip facilities at work um, and then some sort of financial incentive to do that rather than catch public transport or drive. And yet I know in the countries with the larger volumes of people riding it, it's most people don't ride to work; they ride to the station, and and also the trips that make the really big difference in volume are not the work trips. It's it's yeah. all the the short trips in your local area. It's getting the kids to school, popping down to the shops, getting, the shopping. getting to mm. the station, and all those. And and so they always seem to be the things that are left out of that. Yeah. Um, so that's just one 
aside to that. And then further on, they have a discussion, obviously, about the sort of infrastructure you need if you're going to encourage people to ride in. And the fact that they mentioned there's considerable research in Australia. It's been known for a very long time that all you need to get people on their bikes is infrastructure and that still we don't have consistent, well-networked infrastructure um, in most areas of Melbourne. And as we've spoken before, not only is it the infrastructure, it is the perspective of safety that that infrastructure gives. Just on the 30... um, 30k limit it's interesting there are still a couple of old rubbish bins around my area and the big posters on the side of them think 50 kilometers an hour so how quickly we're going from actually getting 50 in a localized area to now actually you know trying to get to 30 and you're right i think yarra had to run two trials before they could even say they were going to turn them into 30k streets well, I know, you know, in, in Moreland, whenever um, there's a discussion around can this section be a lower speed limit, um, and, and that's, you know, talking about 40, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a real saga. So um, it would be great if that could be um, a bit easier. I'll also put a link up to the Infrastructure Victoria report, Um and if you do have it already or access to it, the discussion around financial incentives is on page 50 and the infrastructure page 53. There was a discussion on um, a radio show, a talkback radio show about it and um, the, the response from the host was about giving financial incentives to cyclists was we don't need to give any more money to cyclists. So, you know, it's it's also a good time to remember that um, when people drive, it costs the community six times as much as when yes. people choose to ride a bike. So um, I'm sure that's going to be an ongoing part of it, sadly. And look, there's a good article in the conversation at the moment written by Jeff Brown um, and exactly on these points. And it's, it's interesting, actually, I always read the comments in, in the conversation, and just as you were saying, I mean, every second comments about, you know, we're giving cyclists too much. I mean, it's, <laughs> and this is, I mean, I'm, if you're listening to me, the conversation, you're not, you're not as big as Rupert Murdoch's newspapers, and the people who read them are usually, one would hope it'd be a, have a wider and more temperate way of looking at things, but it seems to incite too much of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. Oh, and I will mention one other thing. There's um, a project about to happen in Yarra called Hidden in Plain Sight, which is being run by the Environmental Performance Authority. Uh, who are a performance group, and uh, they focus on uncovering hidden Yarra locations and different ways of enjoying them. <clears throat> so they're doing a project um, about the hidden places or pleasures that people discovered in their local environment during lockdown. So if you were out walking a bit more often or riding your bike during your one hour a day of <laughs> allowed... Within the five kilometres. Yep, yep. Then... Um, 
you know, it, it gets a bit repetitive. And so a lot of us went looking for something new and found those really often very small things, very close to home, but that you'd never noticed before. So the Environmental Performance Authority uh, will making will be making dances and a sensory walk or bike ride that celebrates some of those places and insights. So they want to collect from you uh, those places you've found that you're happy to share. And so there'll be a forum at uh, the library in North Fitzroy at 6.30pm on Thursday the 4th of February and they'll explain the project there and would like to hear about the places and things you discovered and you'll also be able to send them information, photos and poems. From this, they'll put together some performances and we're going to help them with the route for a bike ride to link these together. So the performances will be outdoors on March 27th and 28th. So I'll include this uh, information in the podcast, but... If you head up to the North Fitzroy Library at 6.30pm on Thursday the 4th, then you can um, share those little nooks and crannies and secret spots you discovered and enjoyed. I might share my secret quince tree who is now in full bloom with all these wonderful ripe quinces on them at the moment. I'm not sure you should, Val. Tudor Street. Anyway, <laughs> and I'm not telling you where the avocado tree is in South Melbourne. <laughs> there are, with the closer you look around some areas, the more you find these, yeah, yeah. these wonderful things. Now, we'll be back in a minute, but first, let's listen to Second Chance Cycles. Where is it? Am I not playing it? Community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Nice little bit of riding music there that sit behind that. Just on a um, brief chat about Second Chance Cycles, open on Thursdays only at the moment, but... um, I think on the way to opening two days a week, Thursday and Friday, I would think halfway through February. Look, just as a bit of a fill-in, that first that quote at the top of the show was from H.G. Wells, not a quote that is attributed to H.G. Wells, <laughs> as in every time I see an adult riding a bicycle. H.G. Oh. Wells never said that. Okay, so let's. Do, it's like the Marie Antoinette and let them eat brioche. <laughs> Completely untrue. But H.E. Wells, he just keeps giving back to me. This year is the 75th anniversary of H.G.'s death. So in England, I have issued a new two-pound coin to honour the man who wrote The War of the Worlds and The Invisible Man. (laughs) Now, if you've got a bit of an inkling or you remember The War of the Worlds or even the posters that came round it, or if you have read it, you'll realise that the machines that came down from... What were they called again? 
tripods. <laughs> now, on the said coin issued by the British Royal Mint, it is a beautiful design of one of the tripods and it's got four legs. Has been pointed out by everybody that the name <laughs> of the machine was a tripod, but here on the coin, the said invader from Mars has got four legs. Not only that, I've found to since discovered there are three mistakes on the said coin. The other thing, if anybody's remember reading um, The Invisible Man, which in some ways is a um, an insight into how actually privacy first starts, but let me bleed off that uh, that point. The point about it is that the, is a, the Invisible Man, and I forget his name at the moment, was not a aristocrat or, or anybody of the higher ranks or higher castes in England, and he wore a quite nondescript hat. But on the coin, he's wearing a top hat. Oh. I know. That seems very that's, – that's the way – every time that someone draws someone on a uh, ordinary, they're wearing a top hat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Made by beaver skins from Montana, probably. <laughs> anyway, so, look, this is – it just – it takes away the egalitarianism of actually that book if H.G. – well, H.G. Wells was very much an egalitarian – that quote at the top of the show comes from The Wheels of Chance, which was really a book about how actually the bicycle started to break down the class system in uh, England because um, what's the um, great word for uh, people's names who actually pertain to their um, occupations? Uh, um... Determinative, nominative. Nominative determinism. Actually, the... Uh, the young fella in the wheels of chance who's a draper who works behind the counter. His name is Mr. Hoopdriver, which I'd forgotten. <laughs> but anyway, just Mr. Hoopdriver. Now, if you've never noticed any British two-pound coin, they usually have a quote around the edges of them because they're so thick. They've got the quote wrong as well. Oh, <laughs> oh they did it with Jane Austen too. They put it on a, co- on a pound, on a note, and they had the quote wrong. Anyway... The quote that's on it is that uh, good books are, are warehouses of ideas. It comes from a character in one of his books that hates ideas and think all ideas should be warehoused <laughs> because they're only in books. And let me say two words in the quote. This is around the edge of the coin. Oh, dear. And it's been wonderful, actually. There was a great quote from one of the designers. Oh, look, it's an impression of H.G. Wells. Going, God. Anyway... Poor old HG. He'd be turning in his grave. And one of the people who actually brought it up, I'm taking up too much time here, is um, one of the uh, the women who'd uh, tried to track down the quote and actually found it in a quite obscure pamphlet he'd written years and years before and discovered that it actually was in the mouth of another character that he was hanging crap on. Anyway... She was the one who wrote a book uh, on the or a biography of um, um, E. Nesbitt, an English novelist from around that time, who was famous for teaching H.G. Wells how to play badminton. I think I've told this story once before. I'm not too sure. 
had she Wells end up seducing her daughter. But anyway, let's move on. Let's <laughs> celebrate had she Wells seventy fifth year since he died. That's all I've got to add to it. Unless he becomes Russian and a cyclist, I think he's gone now. <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe we were going to do a year of H.G. Wells quotes. They're pretty hard to find, oh, I'm okay. telling you. Right. Unless you want some insults against <laughs> coloured people, I'm going to run out oh, of them pretty no, quickly. we don't want that. I can always no. do a reading of the wheels of chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just finish up with some events. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back on the bike, so I had a quick look at uh, what was on. Coming up on the 21st of February, this is a ride I did last year, the Great Otway's Gravel Grind which is uh, through the Otways around forest, beautiful forests, hills, and um, just a stunning ride. You can choose between, I think, 48K version and a roughly 100K version. Um, but that's on the 21st of Feb, and you'll find the details at rapidascent.com.au. Also coming up in March is... The um, first of the Outer Wombat Gravel Grinds on Sunday the 7th of March. So this is somewhere where we ride around quite a bit on the fire trails and there's also some nice uh, single track and mountain bike trails uh, and you can you can use the fire trails to go from one town to another and have lunch and then ride back on a different lot. So uh, this should be good fun. The Outer Wombat Gravel Grind, Sunday the 7th of March, 2021. And that event is being run by bighillevents.com.au. And then one event, we spoke last year to Georgia about the... uh, I've forgotten the name now. The uh, Grand Prix up in... um, around Canberra, Kosciuszko. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. None of us Victorians ended up being able to go because uh, lockdown was extended to include that weekend. It was the last weekend of lockdown. Um, So it was a great success. A few people were able to go, obviously, from elsewhere in the country and had a good time. Um, And it... Looks now like she is about to hold another one. She's unofficially promising that there will be a date set in April, late April, for another version of that. So keep an eye out for that because I reckon it will be fun. There we go. Now, if you haven't got anything to do on Friday evening, full moon rides are back, which will be interesting. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have a bit of a cool change by then. That's Friday. I think um, I'm awful on um, pronunciation. Chasana, J-A-C-A-N-A, railway station. Jakana. Jakana, there we go. Yep. That train leaves uh, Flinders Street at about 6.27 and the meet is at 7 o'clock at Jakana railway station. Bring food, something to eat, bring a good spirit and... Um, Ride back to Melbourne by the light of the full moon. What a good idea. And that reminds me, the 10th of February, the Big Bike Film Night is on Ooh. in the city. 
Uh, so we'll put a link up to that. Uh, Moreland Bicycle User Group will be organising a ride-in from Moreland. So if you're around Moreland uh, and you want to join in with them or otherwise you just buy your tickets online and rock up. With a good lock, I would suggest, at South Bank. Yes. And <laughs> if you haven't got a good lock, lock up to some lovely bike yep. that hadn't got a good lock. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, Persian Lilacs railway stations. I think we've done it all. We've done it all. We, you know, badly timed, Faith. Actually, we've got a minute left. <laughs> um, all of us here at 3CR recognise this is the day before Australia Day and we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people as the original owners of this always was, always will be Aboriginal land. And there are a couple of protests on tomorrow. I would encourage anybody who feels as strong as a lot of people do, as most of us do, to get along and voice your opinions. And that's all it- we have time for. Coming up next is Sheep Up. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.